Megillah, Perk Dalid, Mishnah, Gimel, 4.3. And since in the previous Mishnah, we had talked about Kriyasa Torah and reading from the Navi and the Haft Torah, both of which require a minion, 10 men above the age of 13. So our Mishnah here will list 10 other things which require a minion in the conventional sense. In the list of 10, two of them will be Kriyasa Torah and, and reading from the Navi, the Haft Torah. In addition, the mission will have two other cases at the end where you need ten men, but unlike the first ten, these last two require that one of the ten men in both cases be a Kohen. Okay, so the mission says, Ein Porsenes Shema, the first of the ten is that one can't be Pores Shema without a minion. This Pores Shema is something that we don't find done today at all. Um, it's a way in which people who are praying by themselves seek a minion just for the components of the chakras davening which require a minion um, so that means essentially the Kaddish Baruchu Kedusha components so the idea is that they would let's say come late to shul for argument's sake after having prayed even um, but then they need the minion to do those particular things what happens is that Shlich um, Zibor one of the ten their men and the minion will say, let's say even after Shmonastery for argument's sake, whenever it is, they'll say Kaddish and then Baruchu, and people answer Baruchu. Now, when you answer Baruchu, you're saying Baruchu es Hashem HaMavorach. You all should bless Hashem, the source of blessing. And people respond, of course, Baruchu es Hashem HaMavorach People say, indeed, Hashem is blessed. Um, for now and forever, that response is not actually a fulfillment of the demand, the imperative, Baruch Es Hashem, bless Hashem. So therefore, um, we need to sort of to be consistent with what we're saying. We actually have to have a bracha. So it won't be enough just to say Baruch Hu and, and a Kaddish. Um, in order to do the Baruch Hu properly, we have to have a blessing recited. And the blessing they're going to recite um, for everybody to be yoti this is the first of the Birkas Kriya Shema, the first of the brachas that precede Shema. This is the bracha we refer to as Yotzer HaMa'oros. And after that's done, the one bracha, Yotzer HaMa'oros, then ready, like they can, they've fulfilled, they've done what they have to do in terms of getting the minion component and they perhaps can go on with their day, whatever the story is. So it's called Pores Nesha Shema because Pores means kind of like to divide in half, like a Prusa is like the half of a loaf of bread. And the idea being that although there are two brachas of creation beforehand, you have Yotzer HaMa'oros and Ahava Rabba, or Ahava Solem, but um, the, we don't do both of them, we just do the first one, so you do the first half to fulfill the requirement. So that can't be done, because all Dvar Meshavikadusha can't be done without a minion. Now, um, in our list, certain things will be requiring mitzvahs Dorais, and others just Midorabanan. Um, certainly things like prayer services, prayers, Kadusha, Kaddish, these things um, are only rabbinic in nature, and therefore the requirement to have a minion certainly can only be rabbinic in nature. And nevertheless, it's not. There's a. It's built on the more larger requirement that any time that we're doing a davar shibakadusha, whether even deraisa ones, um, you need a minion. The base of that is because the pasuk says in Parshas Emor in Sefer Vayikra, it says, "V'nikdashti besoch bnei Yisrael, I shall be sanctified from the midst of bnei Yisrael, the Jewish people." And that's the Dabr Shabbat we're talking about, the sanctification of Hashem. And it says, Besoch B'nai Yisrael, within the midst of Israel. So the, there's a Gezer Shava from the word Besoch, Betoch, from within, from the midst of, that um, in the story of Korach's rebellion, 
um, the Pasuk says, separate yourselves from the midst of the Eida, the congregation of rebellious people. Um, so you see Betoch B'nei Yisrael and Mitoch HaEida are connected. And we have another Gzera Sheva connecting the word Eida of the Pasuk by Korach, the Mitoch HaEida of the Korach story, to the other Eida of the Meraglim story of the Ten of Spies. So Hashem says, Ad Masai Le'eida Hara Hazos, how long will it be that Hashem has to contend with this evil community, Ada? And again, you have a connection, Ada, Ada, just as the ten spies, there were twelve spies, but two of them, Yoshua and Kalev, were good. The other ten were the bad spies, and they're referred to as an Ada. So just as the ten spies refer to an Ada with ten, so then you have that recurses back up to the Metoch, to Bnei Yisrael, to Niktash, to Pesocham, Metoch, Bnei Yisrael, that all needs, Adavar, Shepardusha needs ten Ten men. Okay, so that's the basis for it. And whether it's an asmachta, so in the case here we're talking about parson Shema, of course it's rabbinic, so it's an asmachta, just relying on that that infrastructure, if you will, or it's on a dry level, we need ten men to do a Dabar Shiva So that's parson Shema. The second of the ten is in over teva. This is to act as Lishliach Tzibor. And what the mission actually has in mind isn't what we think of necessarily, but rather if the same guys who do parson Shema came even later, they missed Shema Esrei. So then they'll have someone um, be over Lefneateva to do also Kedusha for them. That requires the Shleich Tzibor, the one who's being over Lefneateva, to um, say the first two brachas of Shemona Esrei, Avos and Gvuros, and then the third bracha of HaKel Kadosh to include the Kedusha. And after that, they would sort of leave the shul. But the point is, to do that, the Kedusha, you need to have, you need to have ten men. The third is Ein Nosen Eskapeam. There's a mitzvah d'oraisa for a Kohen to bless Klai Yisrael, Kosovarchu Es Bnei Yisrael. This is the way you shall bless the Jewish people. And more Lahem say to them those psukkim that we say, Yivarech Hashem Vishmarech, etc. So again, it says Kosovarchu Es Bnei Yisrael. So you again have this the Limud, Bnei Yisrael, referring to Nita Ten people, and in that case, the Kohanim are included in the Minyan, so it's because they're part of the Bracha, they're actually receiving the Bracha, Hashem gives the Bracha, not the Kohanim in truth, um, they're just conduits, so therefore, if you have ten men in the Minyan, including the Kohanim, you can do Birchus Kohanim. The fourth is in Koran Batorah, you can't do Kriyasa Torah for public Torah reading, like we had in the previous Mishnah, unless you have a Minyan of ten. That's how the Chazal set it up, that's the Takana Torabanan, they need a, a, a Tzibor of ten. Ein maftirin benavi, you can't do the haftor reading, the navi reading publicly. Again, let's have ten. That's how the Takana was, and the rabbi set it up. Um, the sixth is ein osin ma'amadu moshav. This is referring to something that also we don't do today, um, but in the time of the Mishnah, as part of the funeral procession when someone was being taken to be buried, so um, they would stop the procession seven times. I'm telling everyone to stop, to sit, and they would say a different. Um, prayer, supplications, kinos, and then they would stand up again and keep on going, seven stations. Um, at each point of the seven, they, whoever was in charge of leading the thing, would say, um, you know, shvu yikarim shuvu, sit down, you yikarim, you honorable people, um, sit, and then they would sit, and then again, when they would ready to be ready to go, they would say, amdu yikarim amodu, stand up, you honorable people, stand up. Um, and that happened seven times each time that they moved in the procession towards the burial. So it's understood that expression Yikarim, honorable people, is only appropriate in the context of a tzibur of ten, and therefore we need to have ten people for the funeral procession, this 
Mamar Moshe process. Again, not done today. The seventh is Ein Omen Birkas Avelim, the blessing that is recited um, for mourners. Here we're talking about the bracha that they say to the mourners on the first day of their Avelis, their mourning, after they've buried their relative and they're returning back um, after the burial and the like, closing up of the of the tomb. Uh, but prior to the, what's called the Sudas Havra'a, the communal meal that was provided for the mourners, in between they make a bracha, and that bracha requires 10 people, and since the, the Avelim are on the receiving end, they're not included in the minion. So you have 10 people besides the mourners to do this Birkas Avelim. Again, not done today. The eighth is Tanchume Avelim. This is in the time of the mission, the way they did it was they would make like two rows of people and the passing by the mourners um, to console them. You need to have 10 men in the minion to do that um, process. And again, the mourners aren't counted in the 10. The ninth is Birchas Chasanim, what we call Sheva Brachos. So um, you, the Sheva Brachos you say on the, on the day of the Chasanim, really all seven days following, whenever you have um, Panam Chadashos, new people, um, that requires 10 men. In those cases, the Chasan himself is, yes, included amongst the 10, because the Chasan also is one of the people rejoicing. Um, so when you have 10 at, a, at the benching, of such a suda in the first seven days after a normal wedding, you would have this shevrach, as we call it. If you don't have the ten men, then you only have this one bracha of asher bara, and that starts asher bara. Okay, the tenth and final of the ten that need a minion in a conventional sense are ve'ein mezamnin b'shem. When we do birchas hamazon, everyone is familiar. There's the zimun, there's the invitation for everyone to participate. If you have ten men, then you insert nevarach lelokenu shachal nemishalo. So the insertion of the word elokenu Hashem requires ten men. Um, uh, here, I believe that so far them are lenient. If you have one of the boys is not quite bar mitzvah yet, um, but understands what's going on, he can be included. But in any case, the point is you need a minion to add the elokenu to the to the zimun. Now. Pachos Masara, excuse me, all the, the the full sentence was, you don't do those 10 things, Pachos Masara, with fewer than 10 men. Okay, now, we'll have two more things that require 10 men, but also uh, specifically also include a Kohen to be one of the 10. That's Uvekarkaos, um, you need Tish of a Kohen. When it comes to land, you need 9 plus a Kohen for 10. This is referring to a case where a person um, consecrates his property to the base of Mikdash, um, mixing, making it hektesh. To be technical here, there are two ways that can happen. There's such a thing as stay achuza, and there's such a thing as stay mikna. We're talking about stay mikna, so that means the, not an ancestral plot that was inherited all the way back, but rather a person, Reuven, bought a field from Shimon, and now he wants to give it to the base of mikdash, consecrate it hektesh, so then someone else, or for that matter, Reuven, um, ultimately will purchase that land because the base of mikdash doesn't just want to own land, it wants, it needs to monetize the land, it will sell it, and the Sale proceeds will deconsecrate the land, and the kedusha will transfer to the proceeds of the sale. But what is the fair price? Um, what is the market price for a piece of land? So, since land is every plot of land is idiosyncratic, right? Every land is different than every other piece of land. Not this, you can't appraise it easy, as easily as regular metalslin chattels, other objects, which require just three. Land needs ten men. Um, and then those 10 men together would, like, as they're like sort of expert appraisers, collectively will establish the price, um, what's a fair market price for the redemption of the land that has been consecrated. 
So one of those ten men had to be a Kohen. That's based on Psukim. It's actually a limit from the fact that the word Kohen appears ten times in the in the section of the Torah referring to these kinds of evaluations. Um, and also, Va'adam Kiyotzeban, a person also is like land. This is referring to a case where a person commits, um, he says, Damai Allah, he commits to contribute to the base of Mikdash his market value. In such a case, it's a per- there's a connection, an you know, exegetical connection that connects people to land. But the point is that a person's hard to value. You need 10 men there. Um, one of them is a Kohen who would ascertain, determine, evaluate what the fair market value on a slave market this person would be worth. And then based on that number, that's the amount of money he has to contribute to fulfill his his nether, his, his uh, commitment to the base of Mikdash. I'm important to note, this is not the topic of Erechen, Arachen. If a person commits to give his Erech, I'll translate that as value also, the base of Mikdash. So um, that, the Torah has a schedule. It says exactly, you know, each person, whether, depending on their age and their gender, what their Erech is, that's just a schedule, like a symbolic schedule of, of what a person is, so to speak, worth, which of course a person's infinite, of infinite worth, so just the schedule from the Torah gives. But if a person commits um, his actual domayali, like my slave market value, then we need 10 men, one of whom must be a Kohen, to evaluate that to ensure he fulfills his neder properly.